Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Wow, I'm so excited this week to have a good friend and someone who's on the Teach Better Podcast Network. The marvelous and wonderful Robert Breyer is with me, and Man, you have been a very busy man. You have been in Chicago lately, and I know you were presenting. So before we even kick off, I want to say welcome to the podcast. Hey, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. So let's talk about the conference. You were just in Chicago, and what were you speaking on? So we read uh, NAESP, and I was doing a topic with Bobby French, and we were talking about the principal's treasure chest. And basically, it was a presentation about just boosting your school culture, creating an environment where kids and teachers want to be there. And so it's just different strategies and ideas, mostly to spark the audience's imagination and just get them thinking about, hey, what can I start doing this year that's really going to get my staff invigorated and get them really excited to be here as well as my students. So we talked about everything from rethinking the first day of school to embedding a culture of reading and love of literacy. And then finally, just really, how do you celebrate your crew? How do you really go and make sure your teachers feel honored and respected and supported in your school? What an important topic right now, especially as we launch into the new school year. And I was extremely jealous as you got to meet up with the Teach Better team and some other amazing educators. So I'm glad that you were able to connect with them. Absolutely. I mean, it was it, it was exactly what I needed at the right time. I mean, with COVID and everything and not being able to get out, it was just so amazing to be able to connect with so many amazing educational leaders out there and just see them in person and be able to have those conversations and ask those, those different questions that, you know, we just don't have a chance to really kind of engage in some of the conversations that we were able to really sit down and, you know, have lunch and just really kind of dig in right now. So it was a really great opportunity and I'm just thankful I was able to go. Yeah. Being connected on social media is one thing, but then to see those folks in person is another and, and the connection that you have with them, that's, that's pretty incredible. So, so glad you were able to have that time and, and get to be able to re-energize yourself and then be able to speak to so many people about that important topic of, of celebrating your staff. So I know we're going to talk about a lot of leadership topics today. And before we do that, I would love to hear about your leadership journey. Wow. So leadership has been one of those crazy things for me. So when I got out of college, I had a degree in elementary education. I had a minor in computer science. And at that time, education just wasn't the right path for me. So I went into technology and I quickly rose through the ranks. I mean, I did everything from help desk technician to mainframe analyst to a network support person. And then I was the assistant manager of the help desk for a while for one company. And then I became a project lead working for another company where we were building high-speed fiber optic networks. And it was amazing. Absolutely loved it. The market crashed. And then I went into, um, I just tried to recover and find another position and ended up becoming a plant manager. And I had a few, uh, probably about six, 700 employees at the time. And I should say that it ranged because I had a lot of temporary employees. So, I mean, there'd be some days it'd be maybe a hundred people and some days it'd be up to six to 700. Mm-hmm. So it was a really great opportunity, but I was never passionate about what I did. I remember that an opportunity came about and I had a chance to move down South and you know, I just jumped on it. Uh, I moved down South 
And I went to get a haircut because I was going to go to just go to schools and just hand them my resume and see what kind of teaching job I could find. And I remember sitting there and I was getting my haircut and this woman was like, she's like, so what brought you down South? And I said, you know, I, I want to get a teaching job. And she looked and she looked at the lady next to us. She said, what do you want to teach? I said, you're third or fifth grade. Like those are, those are the two grades I'm most passionate about. And she looked back at the other lady and they looked, looked back at me and she goes, do you have anything special you want to teach? I said, I love math and science. And then finally, like they, they're looking and they just start laughing. She's like, my daughter's the principal of the school down the road here. She's like, she's looking for a fifth grade teacher. Are you interested? <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? And so she called her and I went and interviewed and I went there and it was a great opportunity. I mean, we talked for a while and it was turns out that the position she had was a tutoring position. And she said, but my buddy just lost a fifth grade teacher. Are you interested in that? So I went down and met her buddy a few miles down the road and ended up accepting a teaching position right away. Him and I hit it off. And, you know, he was always trying to push me towards administration. He's like, you need to be, you need to become an administrator. He's like, you need teachers need an advocate. And he's like, you'd be phenomenal at that. And I was always able to use, I, you know, I just want to teach. I don't really have the money right now as I'm just getting into teaching. And I was able to kind of hold him off for a while. Well, then we built a new school in our district and they transferred me to the new school. And I had another principal. Her name is Dr. Belvia Williams. And after my first year, she allowed me to move down to third grade and teach third grade. And I'll never forget. She pulls me into her office about three quarters of the way through the year and goes, I really thought you were going to fall on your face. She's like, I didn't think you'd be able to handle this. And she's like, I'm just so proud of you and that you did a great job. And she's like, and tomorrow you have a meeting at central office. Like I have a meeting at central office. I'm like, okay. So I go to central office. Lo and behold, I can walk in. There's like 40 people sitting in this room and they start talking about what's going to be called the Sand Hills Leadership Academy. And they're going to take a couple of district selected people from each district and bring them on into this program. And so basically my district was allowed to pick three to five people. Well, there's 40 people in this room. I was like, eh, okay, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. Well, lo and behold, I'm one of three. And so my name's selected. It's sent in. Well, I go down to um, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and there's just a room just filled with educational leaders. I'm like, oh boy. And they're going to take 20. And there had to be 70, 80 people in this room. And so anyway, um, I go through and lo and behold, I'm selected as one of the top 20. And it was probably the most amazing experience of my life. So basically what they did is they placed you with a principal and you mirrored this principal every single day, except for Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we went to a centralized location where we were in class from eight o'clock in the morning till four or five o'clock at night. And it was just a solid classwork. And it was a lot of role-playing and a lot of situational, just kind of like, you had, they put you in a, in a situation, you had to figure your way out of it. And like the one I remember the most was they just came out and we were in an exercise and they pulled me out and they said, um, there's a parent in the office who wants to meet with you. I'm like, looking, I'm like, what are you talking about? And you walk in and there's this woman just sitting there crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? What can I do to help you? And she only speaks Spanish and she starts going off on me in Spanish. And I remember like, I'm like, um, un momento por favor, like, you know, like, let me go try and find some help for you. And they're like, oh, you're the only person here that speaks Spanish, so you're going to have to help her. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I'm sitting there. Basically, the idea was that they wanted you to learn how to be comfortable 
being uncomfortable. They wanted to see how you react in those stressful situations and how did you work through it? And it ended up turning out great. So at the end of that, I got done. And then from there, I was selected as an AP at the high school and I served one year at the high school level. And then I was selected as an AP at the, at one of the elementary schools. And I served four years at that school. And from there, I went on to become the principal at Cameron elementary school. And this will be, I'm starting my sixth year at Cameron elementary school. So that is my long-winded version of how I got into leadership. <laughs> well, Rob, that's an incredible story. So I'm glad that you shared that. So that kind of leads us to the preparation program, right? Like what an amazing experience that you had to participate in. I, I know for myself, I had different programs I was a part of, but it wasn't as in-depth as what you're sharing with the audience. So I want to just kind of dig into that. So as you went through that program and now you're a principal yourself, what are some things that you are doing to prepare aspiring leaders? For me, that's just something like we have to be really conscientious of. Um, we have some amazing teacher leaders in our school who have a desire to go on and, and be administrators. And we have to be purposeful about putting them in positions where they're not just leading in their classroom, but they're getting school leadership experience. One thing that I was purposeful about is I had a young lady who wanted to become a, a school administrator. So one of the things that she wanted some experience was with working with IEPs. So I had her, I pulled her in and she just took notes during our IEPs. She didn't have any major role in it. She was just there taking notes, listening and absorbing and really kind of figuring out how the whole process worked. And then like making sure she was working with budgets and scheduling. So she would help me design our schedule for every year, but then she would also help me with planning out our title one proposals that I would be taking to our school improvement team. These are all skills that you need. Cause when you walk into that interview, they're going to ask you those really tough questions of, you know, tell us about your experiences with scheduling. Well, you can't just say, well, you know, my principal wrote the schedule and then I use it in the classroom, but I would modify to meet the needs of my kids. When you go into school leadership positions, they don't want to know about you leading in a classroom. They really want to know what were you doing in the school? What was the issue? What decisions did you make? And then how did it impact your school? Like that is really what they want to know. And so it's really in making sure that you're taking time to work with those aspiring leaders, that you're taking time to invest in them. And that you're really taking time to make sure they're getting the background, the skills that they need. So when they go into those interviews, they can be successful. Rob, if a teacher came to you and said, hey, I want to be an administrator someday. Obviously, I, I know my skill set in the classroom, but I want some additional experiences outside to kind of get a taste of what administration is. Or maybe it's just like I want any, any or every opportunity possible. What are some of the main things that you like to have your aspiring leaders do outside of the classroom? So I like to have them work with uh, fundraising for our school, working with our data, with our bookkeeper and really understanding how, Hey, how do we collect money? How do we make sure that we're tracking our money? How do we make sure that we're following the guidelines of how you spend money? Because money is one of those things that can get you in a lot of trouble. It'll end up, you'll end up wearing that orange jumpsuit that none of us ever want to have to wear. Yeah. So it's really understanding the finances I make sure that they are on our school improvement team. Now, school improvement teams are elected in the state of North Carolina. So if they're not elected, I, I bring them on as the um, note taker and have them start taking notes and really kind of making sure that they are documenting our meetings. Because what this does is it starts to get them more involved and they start hearing how these processes work, decisions that we're making, things that we're contemplating. And it, it starts to, you can see their confidence start to build. 
because like they'll you in the beginning, they just sit in those meetings and they don't say a word. They just write down every word that y'all say. And then as their confidence begins to build, well, then you'll notice that they'll start saying, well, have you guys thought about this? What do you think about this? What have you tried this? And it might get shot down. And that first time, like they might get a little gun shy for a little bit, but then they come right back. Well, have you guys thought about this? Have you tried this? And they'll start interjecting and start getting their voice out there more and really kind of start digging into the process. Um, and what I love then is having them work with my, my chair for my school improvement team. And so they can really have those conversations of like, okay, well, who's in charge? Are you in charge or is Mr. Brian in charge? Who makes the final decisions? Who has the final say of what we end up doing? They need to understand the process and how it works and then how it impacts the school. And so I would like to make sure that they get every opportunity they can. And if they want the opportunities, I put them in front of them. For example, like that whole idea of scheduling, that wasn't my idea. That was her. She said, Hey, I love doing this stuff. Would you mind if I tried putting my schedule together? Mm -hmm. She went above and beyond because she created a survey for my staff, sent it out, said, Hey, what is, what are you the most passionate about? We, we know we can't change recess. We can't change lunch. We can't change our special schedule, but what is it that you want to make sure that you have? Is it maybe first recess? Is it maybe, is it first specials time? So you have planning in the morning, or maybe you want planning at the end of the day. So she went through and got everybody's feedback and then kind of sorted it out and then put a schedule together. And it was a really good thing because like, she's never put a schedule together before. And she really thought deeply about what is it that teachers need? And that's something that it's tough to teach people. That's something that innately as a leader, you got to know is like, it's about relationships. It's about caring about the people you serve. And that instantly told me that, hey, one day this girl's going to be a really good school leader. And lo and behold, she's a high school assistant principal and she's just killed it this past year. And so I'm really proud of her. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So Rob, I know that you do some coaching, not only in your school, but outside of school with your own consulting LLC. And why is that component so important, not just to give the experience, but then also have that other component, which is the coaching piece? You know, uh, the audience can't see your background, but obviously you're a big sports fan. And you know, yes. <laughs> when, it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to athletes, I mean, their talent takes them so far. But having a good coach in your corner can really kind of help you see things that maybe you just missed. I mean, when it comes to being a top quarterback, you know, they, they want to know how to throw the ball. They want to know the plays, but there's certain fundamentals that they may not know that they need to work on. So having that outside expertise to say that to, to take a different lens and look at your situation from a different viewpoint and say, okay, here's what I'm seeing. Here's every time you, you talk and we, and you answer these questions for me, here's what I'm hearing. Here's how I can help. Here's some suggestions. Um, go back. I want you to record yourself doing this. And I want you to go back and listen for this, this, and this. Are you covering these topics? When you go through this topic, does, do you sound passionate about what you're talking about? It is identifying the small things because, you know, it's just like in school. If you provide intervention early for children who are struggling, they're going to blossom and do really well as their educational career goes on. And it's the same with school leaders. You don't know what you don't know. And so by having a coach in your corner, you're going to have somebody who's looking for those small things that you can tweak now. So then when you're put into that role or you get that opportunity to lead, 
you're going to already have a lot of these tools that you need to be successful right from day one. Well, I think that's a good segue to your book, which is Taking a Leap, a Field Guide for Aspiring School Leaders. I've seen the setup of your book, and it's quite different than most books where it has more of like a, not only the content piece, but it's also got some workbook pieces to it also so that the reader can kind of go through that journey with you and obviously it enhances their skills. So will you just kind of talk through that and where that concept come from, but then also for those who haven't had a chance to read your book, you know, maybe a quick synopsis. Obviously I'm passionate about, you know, leadership coaching and the whole idea of just school leadership. And a lot of that came from my experiences. Um, the whole idea of role playing and having somebody in my corner to go and give me that feedback and to really kind of help guide me along through that leadership journey. And that's what I really wanted to do for others. And it's not just enough to go and answer some pre-made interview questions and kind of like format and work with your friends. There's a lot to the interviewing process. And I found that you go through your accreditation program, whether it's your, your master's program in some states or some principal licensure in another state. And then you're kind of left on your own yeah. and you have to figure out that journey on your own. And I have a lot of people who come to me for coaching and they're like, I don't understand how am I supposed to get these experiences and how am I supposed to know this stuff if I never get an opportunity to lead? So this book, what I wanted was it to be a real analytical and reflective piece. I wanted you to work through different things and really understand like, why do you want to be a school leader? What do you value most? What do you believe in? What do you believe that the purpose of school is all about? Because you have to know yourself as a leader before you can even start preparing for the interview process. And so for me, it was, it starts with analyzing. You need to analyze not just the school to make sure that the school's a good fit for you, but you also need to analyze yourself of who you are, what you believe in and what you value most. And from there, I want you to reflect. And so the next section of the book is all walking you through just what gaps do I have? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses or what are areas uh, that I can grow in and really understanding about what skills do I need to go and be successful? What do I need to go and really kind of beef up? So when I walk into the interview, I have all the skills I need and all the resources I need so I can talk successfully through any interview process. And then the final piece was all about preparation. It was understanding, here's the interview, but it was understanding that I didn't want it just to be, here's, here's a space to go and write your answers to the interview questions. I wanted you to really kind of think about, here's what they're really asking. You know, I love that question. And the one that always sticks out to me is where they give you a scenario and there's four different things in the school. You know, something's blowing up over here. You know, somebody's beating this person up over here and you got a teacher crying in the corner. You got, you know, the, the secretary's just yelling at a parent. Okay. What do you do first? It doesn't matter what you do first. What matters is a make sure people are okay. B slowly think through what do you need to do? Where are you going to get the biggest bang for your buck? And the most important thing that you can possibly do, make sure you are telling the principal exactly what is going on or the superintendent, whoever you need to report to, but that somebody above you knows exactly what's happening. You're taking documentation and that you have it under control. And if you need help, you ask for the help because that's what people want to know is, Hey, he's going to work through. 
but if he needs help, he knows that he's going to call this person for help or he'll call and ask for, you know, assistance over here. And so I wanted people to understand that, but I also wanted people to understand that when you're answering questions, you're going to be probably get the same question in front of different audiences. So if I'm talking to a group of parents and part of my interview, and they ask me what I'm going to do to make sure that parents in our community feel, you know, respected and accepted on our campus. I'm going to talk directly about the things I have done in my past to support parents and to communicate with parents. I might get the same question when I walk in front of a, in a group full of teachers and they might ask me the same question. Well, well, now I'm going to tailor that answer to talking to teachers. How do I support teachers? How do I make sure that they feel respected and supported inside my school? I might get the same question when I'm sitting in front of the senior leadership you know, for my final round of my interview. And again, it's understanding how your answer changes, you know, when you're talking to different audiences and how to go and frame your answers. Something that somebody always talks to me about is like, Rob, you know, like, I feel like I just get so caught up in the weeds and I get lost in my answers. Well, that's because we get so wrapped up. If somebody asked me about PBIS, so many people want to answer it like, oh, let me tell you everything I know about PBIS. Again, that's not what they're asking. What they're asking you is, okay, do you know what PBIS is? Do you understand like what have, what experiences have you had with PBIS? What was the problem? What did you do? How did it impact your school? Because they want to know how your leadership is impacting the school and the environment with it, which you're working in. They want to be able to see your leadership style. And I tell people all the time, when you walk into that room, you know, there's this thing called fit and they already have an ideal person that they're looking for in mind and it's your job to go in and win them over and show that you are really the right person for that job and it's convincing them through making yourself memorable giving them stories and giving them evidence of hey this is who i am as a leader and this is what i'm going to bring to your school and this is why you need to hire me and so those are those are just the tactics i take in so this book was really developed around the idea of being a workbook so that you can work through and really kind of find some of these answers. It's not just for aspiring leaders. This could be for principals who maybe fell into a rut and aren't sure, like, why am I still in this? Like, do I need to get out of being a school leader? Because they start working through and they start finding their passions and they start finding their, their why again of why they're getting into this. And I wanted to be something that you really had to kind of dig into because leadership isn't for everybody. Going into school leadership, some people, you know, I, I had a young lady who I was working with who swore she wanted to be a school administrator and we got about halfway through the process and she's like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, and that's, that's okay. She's like, I just want to teach. And, you know, today she's still a phenomenal teacher. She leads in her school. She's on school improvement, does all those different things, but the pressures of administration isn't what she wanted. She wanted to serve the kids in her classroom. For me, I'm passionate about serving a whole school. I love having every kid as one of my students. And I, that's just something I absolutely love. So, but the book is just really out there for helping aspiring leaders, helping anybody who's looking to go from the AP to principal role, helping principals to reinvigorate themselves and get themselves re-excited and get out there so they can really kind of go and really do what they do best. And that is influence and impact the school. For those who work through that workbook and they're still looking for additional support, maybe they haven't been successful in the interview process, maybe they just got done with the master's and they don't know where to go from there. I know that you do a lot of consulting. So what services could you provide for those folks who are looking to add to their leadership skills to, to get to that next level? 
You're absolutely right. So I do some different coaching and basically like, and it's just different levels. I mean, it depends on what you need. Mm -hmm. Some people need to really kind of sit down and get that feedback on how they're answering interview questions. And that's all they want. And so I offer them that service. Some want to sit down and really understand what can they do so they're answering the questions more concise and clearly. And so that's another thing that I offer. And then some people just are lost and have no idea how to get to where they want to go. And so that is a whole different program, but it's really focused on how can I go and support you? What can I do? Because I want whoever's going into the interview to feel confident and to really understand is not every job is a perfect job. Not every no is not because you're not good. It might just be because at this moment, you weren't the right fit. I went through, I mean, I can remember 10 interviews at least that I went through from being an AP to a principal. And I remember like every job was the one, this is the job. This is the answer for me. I was going to nail this job and I was going to become the next principal of the school. And I was going to, it was going to be the best school. And then I get that phone call from the superintendent. Mm, you just weren't the right person for this job. You weren't the right fit. And I remember how aggravating and how defeating that was. In fact, I did get defeated. And I remember telling my wife that I wasn't going to apply for any more principalships unless this school or the school opened. And knowing that both had younger principals and neither one were ever going to open. Well, lo and behold, next year, the school opened. And so I went and I applied and I got some feedback that I needed to bring what you call maybe a brag book or just some examples of some of my leadership style. And I remember hearing the school was struggling with teamwork and really kind of coming together as, as a cohesive unit. And so I remember I tailored my whole book around that communication, team building activities, exercises I've done with staff. And lo and behold, I got the phone call from the superintendent. I remember saying, I didn't get it. Did I? He was like, Oh no, you got it. He's like, I just wanted to make sure this is definitely what you want. I was like, uh, yeah, this is exactly what I want. And it wasn't until years later going to all those district meetings and stuff and listening to the struggles that some of these principals were having and understanding that they were the right fit for those schools. Like hearing them talk about their school communities, talking about the, the issues they're dealing with within their schools. They're the right people for this job. They knew exactly what their communities needed, what their schools needed, what those teachers needed, and they were the perfect fit. And when I look at my school and my community, I believe that I'm the right fit for that school and that I'm right where I need to be. And so that's really a tough thing to communicate, but I find a lot of people get really defeated, especially this time of year, because at this point they've gone through a lot of interviews and they probably got a lot of rejection letters. And so that's when I, I seem to get my most phone calls of like, Hey, what can you do to help me with this? And so I'm always there and you can always go to my website, rbleads.net and connect with me or you can connect with me at rbleads on Twitter and I'd be happy to help anybody who's out there that is looking for a coach. And you do such a wonderful job with that, Rob. So anyone that's looking for additional assistance, make sure that you're contacting Rob and, and making sure that you are using his leadership skills. With that, you also provide another service with your podcast, man. You have the Guiding Principles, just a phenomenal, phenomenal podcast. And I just want to know about, it. yeah, man, I, w I was listening to it well before you were part of the Teach Better Podcast Network and... If anyone hasn't subscribed to that podcast, make sure you do that. But I want to know the backstory behind, you know, what led you to creating a podcast, but then also how did it help you grow as a school leader? So uh, I was working with my friend, Danny Bauer, and Danny has Better Leaders, Better Schools. And I was in his Great. mastermind program. Yeah, Danny's fantastic. And 
I remember saying to Danny, like, I, I think I want to start a podcast, but I have no idea where to start, what I should do. And so he gave me a bunch of ideas and a bunch of strategies. And he, in his mastermind, he has what is called the hot seat. So I brought my proposal to the hot seat. And so I laid it out and they're all looking at me. And I remember uh, Chris in the group says, so what makes your podcast any different than every other one out there? I was like, Ooh, like, okay. And so the next thing you know, they all just started throwing out these different ideas. And that's where I, I came up with, you know, contacting colleagues and getting feedback on their leadership style. And honestly, like people who talk to me about my show, that's one of the things they love is that honest feedback and, and really kind of hearing about the things that they're talking about throughout the show. And then it comes down to those, it's just that feedback that I get from their colleagues. And they're talking about the same things and it's really neat. Um, I remember Steven Weber talking to him and, you know, he goes, he, he's like, I'm about to pull a Rod Tidwell moment right now. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I didn't mean to make you cry, my friend. I, that, that's not what we're here for, <laughs> but it is. And because I don't share those with my guests until that moment on the show. So like, they're hearing it authentically at that moment. And it is powerful. Um, how often do we get thanked for the work that we do? How often do we hear, hey, you know, you do a really great job and we're really appreciative of this. And the other idea behind the show is really to help future school leaders build up their toolbox, give them ideas of that, the things that great and amazing principals are out there currently doing and things that they can take and hopefully implement in their own school when they move into that position. So how has it impacted you as a leader and has that transformed you at all? You know, honestly, like it's inspiring for me. It gets me excited. It keeps me invigorated with the work I'm doing. And I love the ideas that I get from the show because I, I talk to these amazing school leaders and I hear the things that they're doing. And then it, it gets me thinking, it gets those creative juices going like, oh, okay, I should really think about this. You know, I, I have this issue going on and maybe I should try implementing this and do this to go and kind of counteract it. It is so amazing connecting with leaders all around the world. I mean, I've talked to people in China. I've talked to people in Australia. Like, it's just such an amazing opportunity to connect and build relationships. And like, Jeff Prickett was one of my first guests. And Jeff and I today, I mean, we're still close friends. Yeah. We talk a lot. And we're actually writing a book together. It's not just recording a podcast. It's developing new friendships and really kind of making new connections and these are people that I can call at any point in time and ask a question and, and get feedback from on how I can do things better as a school leader. So Rob, I always love at the end of the podcast asking my guests if someone who's listening today can do something tomorrow or next week to help their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do? Well, I think the best thing that you can do is ask questions. Don't be afraid to say, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. What can I do better? How can I get these experiences that I need? You know, I, I talk to a lot of people who call me for coaching and I say, well, have you had this conversation with your principal? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I don't want to bother them with this. They need to know. I mean, because they're the people who can get you those experiences within your school. I can coach you through it, but eventually you need to have those conversations. So it's not being afraid to have those conversations, ask those questions, put yourself in situations that may be difficult. And may really need take you some time to work through, but that experience in the end is going to be so worth it. And a lot of times they provide great stories that when you go into interviews, you can really kind of show, here's what I did as my leadership. I, yeah, I struggled, but here's what ended up happening in the end. And like, this is really where we got the bang for our buck. 
don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take chances. Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to try something just because it seems hard because leadership is hard and you're going to be in some really tough spots. You'll wear many hats and you got to be willing to, to really become comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. So true. So Rob, how can our listeners connect with you on social media? So I'm RB leads on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Robert Forrest Breyer on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called the guiding principles. You can sign up and, and join us that way. And then, you know, go to my website, rbleads.net, and you can contact me. You can get a copy of my book. I'll sign a copy for you. And you can find any free resources I have out there that maybe will help you as a school leader. Yeah, definitely connect with Rob. He is producing so much amazing leadership content, and I'll have all of those in the show notes for, for our listeners. And then, Rob, my friends, you are doing fantastic work. So I'm just so honored that you would be on the Aspire podcast. Hey, it was my honor. I mean, your show is phenomenal. And like you said, I've been listening to your show long before I ever got part of the Teach Better Network. So you do amazing work, my friend, and I'm just very impressed and I'm just honored to be on your show today.